All right. Hey, happy Palm Sunday. Our Savior triumphantly entered. We're going to be preaching on that today. When I, uh, when I told Pastor, I said, now listen, it's okay if you, you don't want to have me on, uh, on Sunday. It is Palm Sunday. And he said, no, Brother Shuttler, that's fine. And uh, I kind of struggled. You know, I got a lot of different messages and everything that I could preach. But I'm telling you, I believe Palm Sunday is a vi the triumphal entry of Christ in the fulfillment of Zechariah 9.9 is an incredibly important prophecy about the Yeshua HaMashiach. And so we're going to preach on Palm Sunday. Matter of fact, this Sunday school lesson is going to prepare you for that message. And we're going to study one word today, and that word is identification. Can you all say that word with me? Identification. Because what we have to realize is Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem is going to be our triumphal life in Jesus Christ. So we've got to become identified with him. So take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 6. This is a highly doctrinal message, probably the most difficult concept of our spirituality is identification. Now, identification, another great word for it is baptism. Never think of baptism without thinking of the word, everyone together, Identification. If you get that together, you will be great whenever you come across a baptism. By the way, there are six baptisms in the Bible. There's the baptism of fire. There's the baptism of Moses. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's the baptism of water. There's the baptism of John for repentance. There's six different baptisms in the Bible. But every time, Baptism is mentioned, doesn't matter which one it is, it always has to do with identification. Every one of them have to do with that. Uh, I pastored for 25 years. I baptized, I think I can say, a few thousand people in, in my ministry. I praise God that I, I have had the opportunity uh, to baptize at least a thousand, at least a thousand people. And I'll uh, tell you the illustration. It was not my own. It was an illustration that was given to me, but uh, I always used it before they got baptized. I would look at the, the candidate for baptism and I say, hey, what is this that I have on my finger? And they would say, everyone together, a wedding ring. A wedding ring. And I said, let me ask you something. If I take my wedding ring off, am I still married? And the answer is, yes, I am. If I never wear my wedding ring again, am I still married? Yes. Could somebody wear my wedding ring and not be married? Yes. Then the question I would ask the candidate was, then why do I wear a wedding ring? I'm married if I don't wear one. If I never wear it again, I'm married. Why do I wear a wedding ring? Because I want everyone to know I am identified as a married man to the greatest woman in the world. So I wear this for what reason? 
Identification. Identification. So we're going to look at identification today. It is probably in a different realm now. It is probably the most difficult spiritual concept in our life that we have to deal with, but maybe the most rewarding once we understand it. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Amen, amen. Now, three key words in uh, Romans chapter 6, and here's the first one. No, uh, reckon, and yield are the three key words of Romans 6. So here we got the first no, and this is a certainty no. This is experiential and head knowledge. Uh, this is gnoskos. This is, there is no question about this. Know ye not that so many of us as were, everyone together, baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Wow, what a passage. Now we're going to read it again. <clears throat> and every time I come to the word baptism or baptized, you're going to put the proper tense on the word identified or identification. Okay, you all ready? And you're going to say it out loud. So here we go. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were into Jesus Christ were into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Father, I pray that we would understand better our identification in Christ. That, Father, when we hear today about the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem, may we remember the triumphal entry of Christ into our hearts. And, Father, may we understand, as Christ lived righteously, the only human being who ever lived righteously, Father, may we understand that his triumphal entry is our righteousness now. May we understand how we are identified with Christ. And Lord, I think the Sunday school lesson is imperative really to understand the message of the triumphal entry. So Lord, I pray today that the Spirit of God, I do not think these can be natural. If there is somebody here that knows not Christ, I don't think they can even begin to understand what I'm saying in Sunday school. But even for us that are children of God, the concept of position and practice is a very difficult concept for me, Father, to live in the light of my identity in Christ. God, help us today to do this. And, and I, I just really pray the Spirit of God would teach us and give us discernment. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's children said, Amen. Amen.
Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Paul was not one of the thieves on the cross. Paul was not there. But the Bible very clearly states, I am crucified with Christ. How can Paul say that and mean that? He was not on Mount Calvary. He was not at Golgotha. He did not die. He was not crucified with Jesus. How can he say, I am crucified with Christ? Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Whoa, we've got to understand identification. So look at the person next to you right now. I know it's Sunday morning. I know you had a big, look at the person next to you right now and say, I am going to listen today. Are you gonna listen today? All right, okay. I'm gonna, because you're gonna have to listen on purpose today. And, and you think, oh yeah, okay, let's get going. All right, let's get going. Take your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter number 11. You think you got this, huh, folks? Well, let's just see how well you got this. Joshua chapter 11. Oh, brother, I'm going to listen. I understand all this stuff. Okay, then I got a question for you. Joshua chapter 11, verse 23, last verse in, the, in, the, in Joshua chapter 11. So Joshua took the, everyone together, Joshua took the, that was terrible, Canaan Baptist, all right? Do you know where book, the book of Joshua is? Okay, are we there? All right, everyone together. So Joshua took the? Holy much better. According, by the way, how much of the land did he take? You believe in the literal uh, Bible? You believe it? How much of the land do you think he took? Yeah, yeah, okay. Joshua took the whole land. <laughs> According to all that the Lord said unto Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel according to their divisions by their tribes, and the land rested from war. All right? Joshua took the, everyone together? Look over at chapter 13, verse 1. Chapter 13, verse 1. <laughs> I don't like the first part of this verse at all. Now Joshua was old. And stricken in years. Do you, we have to repeat that? I mean, okay, you're old. We could just move on, you know. But he's old and stricken in years, okay? You, you get the picture of Joshua here? Now, oh, by the way, it never says that of Caleb, by the way. That's just interesting. But anyways, now Joshua was old and stricken in years. Okay, are you guys ready? Hey, how much of the land did he take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the Lord said unto him, thou art old and stricken in years. Okay, we do not have to repeat that again. Thou art old and stricken in years, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. <laughs> Brother Shallon, I just found the first contradiction in the Bible. No, you did not, but explain it. Okay, you all, how much land did he take? Uh, how much, uh, what does it say here? There is much land to be possessed. <laughs> Good observation. So what, how do you explain it? How can you have haul the land and have much land to be possessed? Now let me tell you. 
You think you got an answer? You can own it, but not possess it. What's your name? Rich. Rich, you're, you're on to something, man. Hold on to that. You're, you, did you tell her that you were going to listen today? Well, you are. Well, you are, bud. And not only are you listening, you're doing what most independent Baptists never do. You're starting to think, man. Amen. I mean, you're moving on, bud. You're moving on. Okay, now listen to this. This is really good. The book of Joshua title would be Victorious Christian Living. The promised land is not heaven. The promised land is a picture of our victorious life in Christ. Now listen to me, because this is really good. When they crossed the Jordan, I call that Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. They died to self. Now they were starting, they were going to start living the victorious Christian life. By the way, living the victorious Christian life, do you ever have defeat? Yeah, you do. They lost an AI, didn't they? Okay, but you start taking down Jerichos, you start taking down, you start living the victorious Christian life. I love the book of Joshua. I teach the book of Joshua, and I love the book of Joshua. And I got to tell you, I just love fooling with my college students when we get here. Because they go like, I don't understand. They got the whole land, but they don't have it all possessed. They, they don't have it all. Well, let me tell you, there is a spiritual point here. What the land was to Israel, Christ is to us. And I, I tell them in the very first class period in the, in the book of Joshua, you want the key to unlock the book of Joshua? Here's the key to unlock the book of Joshua. What the land was to Israel, Christ is to us. So everything you hear about them taking the land, think about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, this is very interesting. How much of Christ do we have? Yeah, we do. But... The majority of us in this room do not practice our lives that way. Okay, our position is in Christ. Our position is we're child of God. Our position is we have already conquered. We are more than conquerors. Present tense, not that we're going to be someday. We're more than conquerors right now. But we don't live that way. It is the difference between your position in Christ and your practice in Christ. And the difference is, well, Brother Scheller, I just love this. How do you get from position? Help me out now here. How do you get from position to practice? And the key word is identification. How do you do this? You become identified. The Holy Spirit identifies you with Jesus Christ, and you live in the light of that. You say, Brother Shetler, you said this was a tough concept. I think this is the most difficult but most rewarding concept of our spiritual journey. So can you help me? Oh, I am here to help you. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. By the way, there is a term in psychology, in counseling, in humanistic counseling called self-actualization. Self-actualization. It's from the pit of hell is what it is. Because it makes man the center of anything. Basically, their motto would be, if the mind can conceive it, the life can achieve it. Okay, we don't believe that, okay? Here's what they would say. 
I can do all things. We don't believe in self-actualization. We believe in Christ-actualization. So we say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Do you see the difference in those two statements? That is the difference between us and the world. The world says, I can do all things. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not showing that you can. But the Christian says, I can do all things through Christ. All right, now, once we find our identity in Christ, whoa, things begin to change. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. By the way, this whole thing today on self-image and self-esteem and self-love, that, that, that is so anti-scriptural. It is nothing. Your esteem and your value has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Christ in you. You know what? The most expensive painting in the world just sold, I, I think it's within the last year, $300 million for who? Mona Lisa. You ever seen this merchant wife of a Florentine merchant? I mean, like, she's like, she's not that beautiful. $300 million. Because it ain't Mona Lisa. It's who painted Mona Lisa. And can I tell you this? Your value isn't what you can do and who you are. Your value is who created you. Your value is in God. You're the Mona Lisa, okay, because God created you. Once we find our identity in God, it makes a big difference. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all... Get ready, now. You're going to need your help. And by the way, you're doing really good, by the way. Hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Here we go. Next two words. In Christ. Okay, now this is very profound. Are you ready? Are you, are you guys ready for something very profound? Everybody on planet Earth, right now, every human being on planet Earth, right now, is either in this room or outside of this room. Are you, no, did I lose you on that one, Rick? Was that, is that, two, was that, was that one above you? You got that. Every person on planet Earth is in this room right now or outside of this room. Duh. Well, can I share this? Every person on planet Earth is either in Christ or out of Christ. You are, you're not, well, you know what? I'm, I'm starting to become a Christian. No, 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 you don't. You know, it doesn't happen that way. You're in Christ or you're not in Christ. Okay? And if you're in Christ, the next four verses ought to get you pretty excited, okay? Because it says you got all spiritual bless blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. I absolutely believe he knew that I would choose him and he chose me. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having, oh, I love these words, predestined. Oh, Brother Shuttler, we're independent Baptists. We don't use that word. Yeah, we do because it's in the Bible. Okay? Predestination doesn't have to do with your salvation. Predestination has to do with your sanctification. It, we are, once you get saved, you are predestined that you will become like Jesus Christ. 
Man, that's a cool kind of identity there. All right, I love predestination. Have, by the way, first time predestination's ever mentioned in the Bible. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Do you not read the next verse? For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Predestination doesn't have anything to do with salvation. Predestination has everything to do with conforming to the image of Christ. It's your sanctification. But aren't you glad that we are now predestined to become like Christ? Under the adoption of children. We have anybody in here that's been adopted? Okay. <laughs> Is that right? Have you really? Amen. Amen. I, I, and we have one in the back there. And by the way, we're all adopted children in God, too. You could have all could have raised your hand there. The adoption of the children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Isn't these great verses? To the praise and the glory of the grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Whoa. The number one thing that the the gay and lesbian crowd wants is what? Acceptance. You know what? You ought to try it in Jesus Christ. You know what? You'd find it a lot better than all your laws you're trying to pass. Acceptance is not found in the way we live. Acceptance is found in Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, <clears throat> the forgiveness of his sins, according to the riches of his grace. Wow. Hey, that was good, Brother Shetler. But uh, can I just tell you something? <laughs> I think you're right onto something with this identification thing, but I just struggle understanding it. And I got to tell you, I do too. And usually when that happens, I, you know, Lord, give me an illustration. Illustrations do not prove doctrine, but illustrations illustrate doctrine so you can understand it. So listen to this. Years ago when I was pastoring, I had a member in my church he was a retired captain in the Navy. His name is Jim Porter. He runs a real estate uh, agency now in Pensacola. And Jim Porter came up to me after church one day, and he said, hey, pastor, did you know that the Blue Angels show is this coming Saturday? And I said to Jim Porter, don't even mention it. I love the Blue Angels. I'm glad that we're the home of the Blue Angels. But I got to tell you something. I will never again go to a Blue Angels air show. It, there's too many, it's free in Pensacola, you don't have to pay. So everybody and their brothers, sister, cousins, and everyone goes. There's like 100,000 people go, there's no place to park. You, 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 in the area, they look like kites because you're so far away, it's so hot. I said, no, I am not going to a Blue Angels air show again. I will never, I will never go. And he says to me, he says, well, that's because, no lie, he pulls out six tickets. And on those six tickets, there are three really important letters. V-I-P. I like those letters. Okay. Underneath those V-I-P letters, these are, these are beautiful tickets. It's got Captain, retired Captain James Porter. I'm going, whoa. There's, I see a thing, it says food service tent. I like that. <laughs> I see a thing on the back, a VIP parking. I said, I said, Brother Porter, what, what are these? He said, I want to give you them. 
He said, whatever problems you've ever had before, you ain't going to have a problem this Saturday because you're going to go as me. Because, now he said, now is that legal? Oh, yes, there's no problem. They give me the tickets. I can do whatever I want with the tickets. And I'm going to give you six Jim Porter VIP tickets. They were, what's your name? What's your name? Have you ever seen the Blue Angels? I tell you what, yeah, not up close. Well, you know what? I could say I'd never had either until that day. Those tickets took us right to the landing strip. We were in this grandstand thing, VIP seating in the grandstand, the parking. We went past thousands of cars parked right next to it and this huge tent that had every kind of thing that I love underneath it to eat was there. Matter of fact, I missed a couple flyovers because I was in the food tent, you know. But I I had the blue angel experience of my life. Why? Because I was Jim Shetler. No, because I was Jim Porter. What does it mean to be identified with Christ? It is no longer you. It is Jesus Christ. And we see ourselves and we get our idea. So, you know what? Palm Sunday is pretty big to me. It's a big deal. Because my Savior after living in absolute, sinless, perfect life. And I'll be preaching on this in just a minute. But, but this, he lived the absolute, he's the only human being that has ever done this. He lived the absolute perfect life and he triumphantly enters into Jerusalem to be my sacrifice. I mean, this is like the coolest thing in the world. Palm Sunday's a big day. Now, I understand that Good Friday's coming. And he's going to actually die. And I'm going to die with him in identification. I am crucified with Christ. Okay, to get saved, I had to believe Jesus Christ died for me on that cross. In order to have victory in my life, I got to believe that I die on that cross with him. That's that's that identification. Are you guys with me? This is a tough concept, but it's the key to our spirituality is identification with Christ. Whatever Jim Porter was, that's who I was. I'm not Jim Porter, but that day I had the VIP card and we spend our life with the VIP card of Jesus Christ. It is his righteousness. We don't have self-actualization. By the way, how am I doing on the time? <laughs> I gave the, Brandon, how much time do I have? Thank you for helping me. You're, have you ever hitchhiked home before? <laughs> it's what? 9.55. So what does that mean? How much time do we have? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I've never had too much time. But anyway, but I do right now. Okay. So now, now let me give you something else. Let's go back to Romans chapter 6. Oh, this is so cool. So um, years ago, there was a program called 2020, and uh, there was a woman um, named Barbara Walters, and she was interviewing a sports figure. And I wanted to watch that night because I heard that this sports figure uh, was a believer in, in Jesus Christ. And his name was Dave Dravecki, and he was a pitcher, a left-handed pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. I don't remember the date, but I think it was 1991 or whatever. Uh, I, I, she probably has in other interviews. I don't know. But this was the only interview, and, and I had seen Barbara Walters for years, on the, that I'd ever seen her cry. 
And she cried in this interview, and I'll never forget it. And uh, they, they, they filmed it in Dravecki's house, and he was sitting next to his wife. And uh, Dave Dravecki uh, won the Cy Young Award, and um, the following year, <clears throat> in his pitching, um, he had great pain in his left shoulder, and it turned out that he had cancer. And uh, he recovered, and they felt that he could come back to pitching. He was at uh, Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati on an early uh, May day. The season had basically just begun. Uh, he was considered one of the, the best pitchers in the majors back then. And uh, he pitched a ball, I believe it was in the third inning. He pitched a ball. Everybody in the stands heard the crack. He fell to the ground. They came rushing out. He was taken out on a stretcher. Long story short, within a couple days, they amputated his left arm. And he would never, obviously, pitch again. He's a believer in Jesus Christ and had a strong testimony. Why 2020 decided to, to interview, I don't know. But they did, and he gave an incredible gospel presentation on 2020. But that isn't actually the thing that touched me the most, nor was it that touched Barbara Walters the most. Barbara Walters asked the question, what is the hardest whatever you go through now? And as long as I live, I ain't never going to forget this. He looked at Barbara Walters, and you could tell. He wasn't crying, but you could tell tears were in his eyes. He said, Barbara, I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning with unbelievable pain in my left arm. Well, I'm watching this and I go, you, you don't have a left arm. He begins to describe something that some military people know quite well. It's called phantom limb, that you can lose your limb and still feel it. Now, this is really an important concept here. He doesn't have a left arm, but he still feels the left arm. Are you with me? But it's not there. And he says he would wake up at night and he would look at what wasn't there, and he would say, I don't have a left arm. I don't have it. It's not there. I can't have that pain. But he, but he felt the pain, though, Brother Shetler. He had to tell himself it doesn't exist. Now, all analogies and all illustrations will break down, but this is a good analogy. Because I think many of us struggle with the flesh every day of our life. And we know that it's present. We know that the flesh is present. But we should be living like it does not exist. We should unplug the flesh. Is that not what Romans 6 is teaching? Know ye not that so many of us, verse 3, as were identified, baptized into Jesus Christ, were identified, baptized into his death. Therefore, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That as Christ was raised up from the dead, boy, we're going to talk about the resurrection this morning, the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now look at this. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, 
that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not, everyone together, the last two words, serve sin. You know what our biggest problem is? We serve sin every day, but we're dead to sin, folks. See your identification to me that Christ lived. Now, don't forget, Brother Shedler, Jesus is God. He was man, but he was also God. Oh, I am well aware of that. And that's the power that we have. That's the resurrection power that we have. We live in the light of who we are in Jesus Christ. We don't, we don't come, you don't come to church and get all these tools on positive thinking. You come, to, you, you come to church to get all these tools on who we are in Jesus Christ. And I got to tell you, we got, we got people living, we got believers living in depression, anxiety. We got believers self-harm. We got believers with anorexia. We got believers thinking about suicide. Do you not know who you are in Jesus Christ? Man, we are VIP because of Christ, not because of you but because of who we are in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it is probably one of the most interesting, profound, deepest concepts of our spiritual journey. Our position with our practice. Hey, Josh, you got all the land. Hey, Josh, there is still much land to be possessed. We got the victory. Now you live in the light of the victory that you're in. Now, I want to tell you this, because that's just easy to stand up here and preach this. And every day in my life, I got to live this out. Yeah. And I want to tell you, do you do it, Jim? No. There's times that I believe I'm still in the old man. And I got, but, but you know what? Dave Dravecki looks down and he's got to say, I don't have a left arm. I don't have a left arm. And you know what I got to say throughout the day? Does, does it ever come back? I'm sure today Dave Dravecki still has his days where he's got to go, I don't have a left arm. All of our lives, we're going to live in the moment that we have to say, dear God, I am dead with Christ. No, I am dead to this. And I am not going to live this way any longer. That is negative thinking. I'm not going to have that bitterness anymore. I'm not doing that unforgiveness thing anymore. I'm dead to that. Christ died for me. He triumphantly entered into Jerusalem that you can live victoriously. You can do it through the power of Jesus Christ. Not your power, but through the power of Jesus Christ. And I just want to encourage you. When you consider today what you're going to hear about <clears throat> the triumphal entry in the next message, there's one word I want you to constantly be thinking. Everyone together, what's the one word? Identification. Identification. Because I believe it's the key to our spiritual journey. Brother Shelley, you did not give us an outline today. I know. I gave you a concept that you can chew on for the rest of your life. Because we have the whole land. Now, let's start possessing it, what God has given to us. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this Sunday school hour. Uh, Lord, I do not know where this truth is sprinkled down on the hearts of different people, where they are spiritually. But Father, may we believe that it is no longer Jim Shetler, but it is Christ in us that matters. 
And Father, I ask that each one of us would, under, and if, Lord, if we honestly are sitting there and, and, and honestly, God, I don't understand identification, then Lord, we're asking very specifically in our prayer, give us the understanding and the application of identification. Father, I believe because of Christ, we are VIP and we ought to live like we're VIP. We ought to live like we are victorious. It's already been won. Father, you came out, your son came out of the tomb and that's what we're gonna celebrate next week. And Father, your son came out of that tomb proving that you accepted his sacrifice and proving that we have victory now over death. And so now, Lord, may we live in the light of Christ's resurrection and his power. We pray these things in Jesus' name and God's incredible children said, amen. amen. Now, I'm letting you out early now, apparently, but I want that time back in December, okay? <laughs> I'm banking some extra time, and you remember this. All right, thank you.